That is Beard, the Gay Dad Podcast with Alex Megan and Young Megan. Hello and welcome to another episode of Daddy Square, the Gay Dads Podcast. I'm Jan. I'm Alex. And, and Daniel. Daniel. Uh, <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> we were going to make it in. It was going to be smooth. But it's not. Celebrity Just guest like host. Daniel. Hi. Hey, how are you guys? We're good. Are we? I got a parking ticket that ruined my day today, but other than that, I'll get over it. Sorry. I want to start with this uh, little story that I think is happening a lot to me where I'm kind of afraid that things will happen to my kids and the uh, parents at school will say, oh, these are the kids of the gay dads. So here's what I mean. Oh, wait, I'm, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the one that received the call. Okay, you received the call, but it was my experience on right, the line, right? I'm in line waiting to pick up the kids at school. And this uh, one of the dads at the school come to me and he says, did they call you today? And I'm like, no. <laughs> they called me. <laughs> and he's like, uh, well, they called me and apparently one of the kids pulled down his pants, yes. uh, fling out his butt. Yes, it was butt-based. In the ba- bathroom, bathroom. Well, let's guess which one it was. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he tried to touch penises. No. No? No. Okay. Well, that's how it got to me. <sighs> yes. With his butt. No. And I'm like, oh my God, please don't tell me it's one of my kids because I'm like, I know they're capable of like doing silly things, but I'm like, it's... No, I I I don't want to be the these kind of uh, well because parents. right like, because then the gays so it's the same thing as like why I was so freaked out about monkeypox because they I was you know I was hearing about kids um in California get it and I'm like no yes, I don't want my kids to get it because then what, they will say the kids of the gays are of course they're gonna get it and I'm like okay so. As the kids uh, come out, so you this go that. from touching butts to monkeypox with the kids. This is no, you, you have to understand what. Go- Listen, it's the you- same idea. So wait, uh, let me just finish the story. As the kids come out from 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 school, so me and the other dad like ambushing the the dad's kid because I wasn't sure that my kids were involved, so I didn't know. I, I didn't want to ask them. And we we're like, so who's the kid? Who's the kid who flinged his butt in the air? And he goes like he said his name, and I'm like. Thank God it's not my kids. <laughs> oh, God. We all got to appreciate the crazy town that is my husband's, um, you know, imagination when it comes to all of this stuff just no, no, now. No, I would, I, would I would go there, too. I mean, he was everywhere within a three-second period. Did you hear that? It was like butt-touching and monkey pox, and there was like, I don't know. And, and I'll tell you that what happened was um, I was sitting at work, and my phone rang, and I think all parents are familiar with this thing. You turn over the phone. And it has the name of your school. And so you have a heart attack instantly because something horrible has happened. And you answer the phone and thankfully, the woman who called knows the fundamental cardinal rule of calling a parent, which is the very first words out of your mouth are not about you. or, Or it's just, it's not, hi, how are you? It's none of that. It's... Everything is fine. You start with everything is fine, for God's sake, which she did. Thank you. Um, She said, everything is fine. Uh, And and it's a little bit embarrassing for me to even have to call you about this because it's so ridiculous. But just to let you know, um, your kids were in the bathroom and another kid who I won't name uh, pulled his pants down and tried to rub his butt against other kids' butts in the bathroom. And I'm like, there's silence. And I'm like, okay. Is there action that needs to be taken now? And she's and she's like, look, 
I didn't want to call you about this either. It's ridiculous, but we're required to. So I'm telling you, there was an attempted butt rubbing. And I'm like, okay, I'll write that down in the permanent record. Okay, and so my just point, so you wait, know. Okay. But my point in all of this is, is only to say so much of this is about the way you receive the information and take it in. Because to me, it was an absolutely <laughs> delightful little amusing story. I love, I love that. And you it sounds like, different. right, it sounds like to my husband, it was the possibility of, of you know shame and then the the homophobia that might surround us in the school and so it is it's just a matter of perspective but to to go on what you're saying i would go on a similar trek maybe not right. full on down the monkey pot thing but definitely the, the, i mean it's in a way that reverse discrimination of ourselves yeah. right it's it's a serious thing you don't want to be that gay parent that you know has their kid being overtly sexual right yeah. that's true in that way that's true Daddy Square, the Gay Dads Podcast. Today we're going to talk about money, but before that, Alex, we have to tell everybody. Uh, It's time to come out. You've seen probably promos of a TV show, new TV show called the parent test. Do you think that they've seen them? ABC. Maybe. They might have. Maybe. Um, yes, it's time for us to come out of the closet and tell you that we have been on a television show. But those of you who live in Los Angeles know that if you live in Los Angeles, you have to be on a television show. Everyone's been on a television show. It's just show a here. thing. We were the last ones that had not yet been on one. So we've now been on one. A parent test, which I don't know, it's airing at December the... 15th. Well, I think it's the introduction episode. Right. That's right. Uh, we can say a lot about we're this. We're not allowed but... to because we've signed many many documents <laughs> but we will happily discuss that later yeah. on yeah after. we will talk about it as it goes it was quite a crazy experience being involved in this thing and if i took one thing away from the show it's that we spent a lot of time with 11 other sets of parents when we made this show and what was really nice is that despite the fact that they were from all other corners of the united states and weird different ways of raising children like being gay dads for example, all of them were amazing people and we really loved spending time with them. Yes, and that's all we're going to say. Okay. I'm going to say that, uh, yes, so if you guys have seen the promo, we are opening the promo and yes, it's us. So <laughs> let's move on and now let's talk about money. Oh, money. Like, yeah. I hope that the statistics are changing radically as you know the next generation of gay men uh, starts to have kids at a much younger age. But for us and for so many people who I know that are of my generation who have had kids, they've had kids at the age of 40, 42, 45. And that raises a whole new range of like weird problems with money because all of a sudden you're already in, at an age where you would start to be thinking about what you're going to do, you know, in your twilight years on Golden Pond and you have tiny little kids and you have to worry about the the next, I don't know, 18 or in my kids' cases, I don't know, 35 years of their lives when they might be dependent on our uh, on our money. And that's really scary. And I'm, so I'm glad we're, we're having this conversation. We're having it with the person we're having it with. Our guest today is David Ray. He's a certified financial planner. He's a regular financial correspondent at KTLA5 uh, in the morning show in Los, in Los Angeles. And he's also a gay man who specializes in LGBT financial topics yeah um one of the things that i like about uh his website is that he has like all these um uh articles that he blogs he blogs for um on his website and one of the articles is about 
how to retire and be like golden girls which is like <laughs> the, the gayest thing that you can ever think of so there's a, the golden girls retirement plan do you plan like uh, retire the, like golden, golden girls, girls. Well, which part? I mean, <laughs> to live the four ladies of, in the house? <laughs> yes. Look, I'm attracted. Have, I'm I have a, a gentleman caller. I'm, I'm actually very much attracted to the idea, I mean this, of like as I get older, uh, living with a bunch of other people who are very, very close friends in like a little community. That actually sounds know, really nice that, to that, me. That does sound good. You know? I mean, some would call that a retirement home. But. Well, that's, you know, <laughs> tomato, tomato. I'm just saying. This is whether you all had a plan to do that or the kids all got together and right, said, let's and, all and put, put us in there. this spot. <laughs> I honestly would be okay with it as long as it had the right amenities. You know, I'm fine. So if you were the golden girl, you would be... Oh, we're doing that thing? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, despite my stature, yeah. I, I'm probably B. Arthur. Yeah, I would agree. I'm probably yeah. fully yeah. agree. Yeah. I'd and be Blanche. I'm you wish probably, you were Blanche. I think I'm a more of a Blanche than you. <laughs> we're all Blanche, honey. <laughs> There's Speaking, all a little Blanche in us. Okay, let's go to the interview with David. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, savings for if you want to have kids through surrogacy. And after you have kids, of course, uh, kids don't, don't come free. Yeah. Well, you just said yeah, no. I'm, I'm the adoption proponent. Yes, yes, you are. yes. And, and you'll hear all about it. All right, let's go to the interview. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This whole episode came about because... A lot of uh, gay men uh, came to us and say, hey, we are having major problems saving for having babies. So they want to do surrogacy. And what they want costs about $200, Alex? Yeah, $200,000. That's that's yeah. And that's assuming that, that you know, it goes away. well and you don't have a yeah. lot of uh, mistakes. So you need also extra just in case, you know, yeah. something goes wrong and they have to, I don't know, uh, navigate that. What I want to ask you is what can they do in order to kind of plan for a uh, financial plan for, for having a baby, babies? How much time do you have? <laughs> you have three minutes, go. go. Um, it's definitely something you want to address before you start the process because you want to know that it's going to cost, say, $200,000 and you want to ha- make sure you have your financial health in order so that you're not putting this on a credit card or you're not mortgaging your future. You want to mm-hmm. make sure you're planning, I said planning ahead. Look at ways to save for this money. Look at ways that you could possibly maybe get some loans from this or take loans against your 401k, which things normally a financial advisor does not want you to be doing. Right. I wouldn't say to do that to go buy a car, but to start a family, we are probably, a lot of us are starting families a little later in life than maybe our, yeah. our siblings. What currently exists that will actually help us um, as you know people trying to do IVF um, tax-wise, et cetera. You said um, borrowing against your 401k, for example, right? My understanding is that's a pretty big thing to do because you get punished for the the impact on, on taking money out of your 401k, right? Is there Are there any things that a gay man can do so that they're saving in a more advantageous way uh, because it will be for IVF or it will be for child-making? There are some things that I would call kind of like, think of like as a scholarship. There are some charities that help people to find some money, but it's not going to get you to that 200, right. 200 yeah. number. So that's why I'm kind of starting with things that you really control. There are some tax breaks. There are some grants. There are some tax credits. There are some charities that help with, 
with right. this type of cost. But again, if we're trying to get to 200,000, most of us are going to probably need some time to save. Well, but so for example, there's this, uh, what is it called? The, the health savings plan that we, that I pay into, right? Yeah. Um, are there are things like that, um, that allow me to take money out of my paycheck for this purpose that does not get taxed? Or is this all IVF is just, you know, something you feel like doing that gets taxed? Unfortunately, a lot of it's going to fall into stuff that's taxed. And, and again, when I mentioned that 401k loan, you have to actually have money in your 401k. So I'm sure some people watching this, especially for international, are going to go, what the hell is that? It's right. a retirement account. Um, for people here in the U.S., you also have to have money in the account, and you can usually only borrow half of it. So I'm not a fan of doing that generally. But I know when we're trying to get to a family, this is a way to get some of that money for their account. And I would be remiss to not say adoption. Yes. There's a lot of affordable ways that you don't have to spend that 200 plus. You can do it for a lot less. And well, without question, I mean, here's the thing, and we'll get to this. Um, whether you do adoption or IVF, your children will still bankrupt you. Yes. It's yes. just a matter of when. <laughs> yes. yeah. That was the second piece of news yes. I wanted to drop on you. Kids are expensive to raise regardless of how, how they're brought into your family. And, and many people would still have to save up even for adoption, even at the most cost-effective levels, which right. I was saying just quick Googling was somewhere between five and maybe 50,000, right. yeah. maybe more depending on international. That's still money most people would have to be saving. So a lot of these lessons would be coming up and there are adoption tax credits. There are different agencies that right. have some benefits to it. But again, you're still going to want to have your finances in order. If your credit card's already maxed out and we're trying to come up with new money for this, we're going to have a problem. So what you're saying is that in the United States right now, there are no really big tricks for saving money in a non-taxed way because you're going to be using it for IVF. There's some small things. Like you said, the HSA has a little bit of benefit there, but right. as a family, you can put in something around 7,000 a year. Right. So we're talking, <laughs> yeah. well, I'll be dead before there's enough money in that account. And it, to, doesn't, to, and it doesn't roll over anyway, does it? You, you have roll to that use over. it. Oh, you can And it can be invested in growth. So it can help, and that uh. can be a piece of it. And it's something that's probably a smart financial move for many people people that can afford it. Because you do get a tax break for money going in. It grows tax-free and can come out tax-free ah, if okay. used for medical, for medical or other things. And this is considered medical. The, these IVF charges would be Some considered. of these will be. Like the IVF, I think, would be. But right. like if you're paying an agency or attorneys, that doesn't fall ah, under that. But okay. that might give you some freedom to maybe pay your medical premiums. Or if you do go to the doctor, that money you would have normally just spent paying for the doctor can right. be put towards the IVF okay. or the adoption. That's very helpful. Thank you. You mentioned loans, and I'm yeah. terrified of loans. You should and be. And I have been. <laughs> Can you t talk about uh, what should we look at when we take a loan? What? You know, there's a lot of people out there that might come in with some terrible loans for you and go, oh, sure, I'll just give you $200,000 at 30% and you'll be in oh. debt forever or something <laughs> like that. Where there's, you might have to do a staggering of different loans. There are probably some uh, people that have done IVF. I know certain agencies have different loan pieces, but their terms maybe aren't the best. You might want to look at like, if you have a home and have some home equity, do you get a home equity line? Do you refinance the house, which has just gotten a lot worse as rates have, you know, doubled or tripled right. the last few years or a loan against your 401k, things that aren't necessarily great. And I think you should be very cautious of taking on debt and being very aware of it. Um, kind of, I just align it to people that went to college and got a student $300,000 in student loans. and didn't think about it until they were done. You don't want to all of a sudden have new twins at home and you're buying twin diapers um <laughs> i wish that and now you're wants. making payments on I, <laughs> simplifying it and you now you're can, making debt 
you can use the diaper on one child and then just move it over <laughs> to the other child. I think any money you save with that, savings. 50% savings, but uh, diapers are cheaper than therapy <laughs> <laughs> for you or your kids. I'm not sure which there. So, um, so is there a place that you recommend to go for a loan? Specifically, or how does it I'm sorry if it's like sounds like a oh dumb no, it's question. A great you question. should be asking these questions. they're good. You know, I really think they're dumb good questions. they're dumb good questions. <laughs> um, I would really the first place to start is really just looking at how can you save money and trying to get like an investment account if it's if it's going to be a long ways down the road and start putting money away every month. Um, even if you just kind of maybe got a rough idea no budgeting is not what we want to be talk about here, probably most well, No one likes to talk about it. We want to talk about we it. We have here. to yeah, talk about we it. We do. But that's, that's you know, maybe looking here. at what you think the kid might cost, kids might, kid or kids might cost mm-hmm. to be raising and be like, well, can I afford to pay whatever, $1,000, $2,000, $10,000, depending on where you're living and what you're doing, and try and put that away every month and let that build up. And then if you're trying to go for loans, you know, just be aware of where you have assets or where you right. could get a loan. And some of it would be, okay, well, I want to do, I need $200,000. Let's just use that round number. And I, need, I can get $30,000 from the... Uh, surrogacy plays. Okay, well, now I need to still need 170. Right. <laughs> Do I have home equity? Do I have savings? Sometimes people borrow from family and friends even, which sure. is more out of the ordinary. Uh, you know, you're not quite getting a loan application from your best friend who's going to give you some yeah. money, hopefully. Yeah. To- well, Doug, Doug, Doug Bezos can just, yeah. you know. We used an agency, <laughs> and this is, you know, this was our maybe weakness. We went into that agency hook, line, and sinker. And when they said to us, we have a partner that will lend you money, uh, I just did that, right? Um, I mean, in the end, it was fine. I yeah. paid it off. It was fine. But I think what I'm hearing you say is that's all well and good that they may have one, but ultimately money is money. And it might be a little more complicated to have multiple loans. And I think a lot of people are going to walk into that agency like the way you did and said, I want to start a family. How do I do it? Right. This allows me to do it. And there are, that may work out. And there's people that it probably does work out fine. That payment's fine. And there's probably people that are like, oh crap, I do need to reuse the diapers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. So... Um, <laughs> It's funny because the reason why we're doing the podcast in the in the first place is to prevent people from from doing what Alex and I did, which is going unknowingly to a, a agency and say, "We want to have kids. Just give us what you know, and you know yeah. we'll do it. Um, is there anything we can we should look at uh, when we take loans other than the percentage? Um, some of it would be just the term. It would be you know, the interest rate is a big piece of it, but you know if you had a five year loan versus a ten year loan versus a twenty year loan, You might pay a lot more interest on a 20-year loan because sometimes they'll be like, well, you know, if you get a 20-year loan, you're going to have to pay all this interest. Well, you have a lower payment, and especially if you are stretching to make this happen or you are already struggling financially a little bit or just on the on edge, it will make it a little bit more affordable. And you can always pay the loan off faster if you get a 20-year or 30-year right. loan. And I'm, I'm not just throwing numbers out there. I'm not saying that the agency is offering you anything here. But a five-year might be like, oh, my gosh, I have to come up with $200,000 in five years, and yeah. that's yeah. just extra stress. Yes. Well, I want to throw something in because yeah, I've been absolutely. quiet on the adoption side. In our experience, we found a nonprofit. And so the money we, they were on a sliding scale. The money we paid in, we were fortunate enough to get 75, 80% of that back Amazing. through the tax credit. So for getting Torby, that was a very low cost right. investment. And so again, I really want to push, if you're yeah. wanting to start a family, adoption is a great option. And there's, a, of course, all the kids out there that need a good home. Amazing. And a, a question about that, um, beyond um, the fact that adoption is, I don't know, I think next to free, 
essentially, I mean, right? Not necessarily. If you go through uh, private adoptions, uh, it, right. there's, but there's private. There's all the different levels. There's the private. There's the public, and the open, yeah. and the closed. So there's a lot of levels. So depending on what is your comfort level and risk level. There's a lot of ways that one yeah. can get into adoption for the family aspect of the goal. But beyond that, my question would be: Are there actual? Oh no, he's, he's <laughs> <laughs> are there actual um, uh, additional savings or even sources of money for people who have adopted? Once you've adopted, do you get any help from the state on an ongoing basis for a while? Any of that happen? I think that sort of plays in um, when you're doing certain public adoptions, but I'm not right. an expert on it, so I don't okay. want to say for sure. Okay, yeah, I would say those are things to like talk to the person where, where you're adopting from. They'll have very specifics in your location <laughs> and your state because it does vary quite often by the nonprofit, the right. state, the location. So I don't, or even your country. Um, obviously, for yeah. internationally, there are countries that have yeah. a lot more parental leave and things than we right. do here in okay. USA. What if I don't make enough money to save? What can I do? And it's very common. I mean, two thirds of people making, I think, two fifty a year, which is not a teacher. Mm. Two teachers, by the way, just so we're clear. But even at that income level, are still living paycheck to paycheck. So it's very easy for people to do and have problems with that. But the, let me just be the Debbie Downer in here. If you aren't able to save, how are you going to afford another mouth to feed? Exactly. And you might you're going to either have to sacrifice something lifestyle wise, or sacrifice the option of doing like the surrogacy, you might be better off trying to adopt, which I think is a great option for everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to tell you if you should adopt or surrogacy, but at the same time, cost-wise, I definitely can come in and say most options for adoption appear to be much more cost-effective. Um, basically, if you're if you're earning an income as a teacher, it's just not a lot of, there's probably not a lot of breathing room in a lot of these places, mm -hmm. unfortunately. I think that as, as the great sage said, you know, if you can't feed your baby, then don't have a baby and don't say maybe if you can't feed your baby. Is that Madonna? <laughs> That's Michael Jackson. Mama oh, say, Mama Sama Makusa. What's wrong with you now? Um, <laughs> let's move on to this. I know that the the younger generation of gay men now, because of the glorious changes that have happened, at least in U.S. and European society, etc., are starting to have kids at much younger ages. But statistically speaking, gay men have kids much older. Now, not as much older as I was, but we, you know, whatever. But I mean, you know, uh, it's still 30s, 40s. 40. 42, etc., is not at all uncommon for a gay man to be having a child. And the problem with that is that you are starting at year zero with one or two kids, um, and you may not have saved because you were too busy, you know, doing gay cruises and, you know, whatever it is that you were doing prior to having kids. What do you do? How do you adjust to this new phase where you're now going, you're now planning and you're pretty late in the game. I mean, the typical, let's just say the typical 40 year old gay man, married or not, wanting to have family or not, is probably really gonna have to get serious about saving for retirement and saving for the future if you don't wanna have to work forever. Right. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a big expense. It's gonna make it much harder to save for retirement. It's, gonna much, it's really gonna strain your budget. So you just wanna be very cautious of that and be aware of it. And it's a sacrifice, and it's probably a sacrifice most people listening are willing to do. Right. But you just need to be aware of it. Because I do have a lot of clients who are like, oh, my client's 10 and I'm 55. Yep. <laughs> Can I retire at 62? No. <laughs> well, not if you want to send them to college or keep them eating or keep doing what you want to be doing. Or here's the flip side. Here's the 75 things you have to give up to make that a reality. And it's probably not something most of us would be willing to do. We live in 
Most of us live in expensive parts of whatever city we're in. We have a lot of things we like to do socially and cost, and yeah. we're probably not coming into this as the cheapest parents in the world. Right. I mean, the good news is that once you have children, you won't really want to do social things anymore. It's just this beautiful transition that happens to it's you. It's all about social after you have kids. I'm just uh, going to circle one of the articles on your website that yeah. I kind of uh, scrolled uh, last night. Uh, it's called uh, How the LGBT Community Can Retire Early and Fabulously. Yes. And I love that because one of the things you say there that I really identify with is, uh, could I drive a nice car or buy a bigger house? Yes, but would that make me really happy? Is there anything uh, like things like that in our lifestyle that you can identify and say, hey, look at this, maybe this can be done, but cheaper? I think most of us have those things. At the time, you think you need that, whatever that current outfit is, or you need to be at the current dinner, or you need to be having $75 cocktails at the Abbey, whatever they charge now with inflation. <laughs> um, but we all have things that probably are important to us as single gay men or early early relationship gay men of just trying to be in the scene and, and look a certain way. And I think you guys are alluding to as you become a parent, certain things become less apparent or you're like, I have that designer outfit. You'll see the, the, the person with a one-year-old and then it gets thrown up on and you're like, <laughs> I'm not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> or everything's at the dry cleaner and I'm not picking it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So there are things that you can... you. Are, feel like a sacrifice at the beginning and there's things that maybe you just kind of give up along the yeah. way and some things you probably need even more we joked about the gay cruise there well you might do a few less but that might be your real biggest gay right. grandma's coming over to watch the kids i'm going away for seven <laughs> days and don't talk to me so right? i have one to go back to david and his smarts on investing <laughs> absolutely so, um we right away started a 529 great for college saving plan college saving plan so that's one thing i can throw out yes my smarts that we did very smart. Can you tell, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about what that is? Yeah. So it's a way to save for college for your kid. And I highly recommend, even if it's just 25 or $50 a month at the beginning, when they're younger, it gives it time to grow and compound in California. You don't get a tax break for putting it in, but it'll grow tax free and it can come out tax free. If you use it for college in different States, there are some state tax deductions for contributing. And but it's it, transferable. If, if that kid doesn't want to go to school. Correct. Yeah. You can transfer it. And there's a lot of fine print on there, but yeah, you can use right. it for other kids or if you have multiple kids. But I think uh, for this podcast, most of us probably have less multiple, multiple, multiple children than right. um, I'm just going on a limb there than maybe your, our, well, some other religious friends. And I was going to throw out one thing that we always try to have uh, for birthday parties is don't bring toys that are just going to be wasted in a, in a month or two. But, you know, give a give a payment to go towards the 529. So, again, there's lots of ways family, friends and everybody can kind of pitch in to make that a better number. Oh, that's interesting. I will say people really love that. They it love seems it. it seems weird because it's like if you just ask me $50 for my kid's birthday or $100. That sounds right. weird. But they'll be like, oh, you, I would have brought a $50 gift. Here's $500 for the 529. It just yep. right. It's amazing how people really love that. What really is the kind of way that you establish your thinking when you're saving money or spending money? Um, you know, how do you balance, well, I'm going to keep making money because I'll have a job against, well, what if I don't? Absolutely. I'm a big fan of having a spending plan so that you know what you can splurge on. Here's the money we have that can go to whatever we want so that the the diapers are paid for. The electricity is still on. We have, we have the things that we need to survive. We have a roof over our head. We're not, you know, out on the street. And then you want to still be able to enjoy life and not be stressed about money. And I think trying to find a way to not be trying to keep up with the Joneses. It sounds like some of that, some of that is survival, and some of that is I want the fancy new car, the fancy this, the right. fancy outfit to 
present to other people, which is just, you're never going to be happy. You find that rich person that's richer than you that think has their life is perfect. It's not, it's not any better than yours. They probably just have nicer things, but, or maybe they're just more in debt. I think that there's also a really interesting question about the way a couple who have children save and manage money versus a divorced couple who are raising children uh, versus a a single dad. And I think that all three of those have different kinds of challenges. You know, my husband and I manage money in a very weird way because it is not a centralized plan. He saves and manages sort of money one way. I do it another way. We don't have a central plan. And I'm curious about in the three scenarios that I've described, how do you, how is, what's the most preferred way to break down your kind of money management, your, your spending management, et cetera? Yeah. Money is the number one thing couples fight about. And if you add children to that, it's going to probably exponentially get more challenging just because you're adding more financial challenges. Mm -hmm. And you need to be aware of how each of you think about money. There's probably not a right or wrong answer. And I think how both of you handle money and every couple, there's probably how each, each, spouse handles money and somewhere in the middle is going to be what works for the couple because single what you're doing may work really well for you or it may just be terrible that's just how you do it a lot of people just handle money like crap let's be real yep when you put two people to handle money like crap they maybe one's better with money but they're still crappy with money and then you need to find how it's going to work for you so you maybe don't end up divorce especially after you've just gone through the surrogacy process and but, but if you do, and then but all if you your surrogacy money goes to pay for your divorce. well but what i was going to say is if you do end up divorced yeah. you still have a, a really interesting challenge when you have kids because now you're talking about essentially um uh, 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 spending management and savings management across two independent dads who are still raising one child and i think that that's really complicated and i don't know he pointed daniel because that's his situation is it It, yeah it is interesting um there was a contentious time in our recent past through the divorce that i was i i had no access to the 529 so i took it upon myself to start torbit a life insurance policy so Mm -hmm. it's very cheap and affordable for him now and it will have its ability to go for forward for him as a cash plan later or whatnot i've also taken into setting him up on investment accounts so we can buy stocks today and they can Mm. sit there for 20 years he's none the wiser i'm i'll forget about them and they can grow (laughs) as well so i've taken it upon myself to be creative in my investments for him so see i am really smart with money you're very smart (laughs) this isn't what you want to hear if you are divorced and you hate your your ex but you are still raising a child and you still have a duty to this child and I know you've probably put a lot of work especially with this audience you put a lot of work to bring this person into the world or into your family so you do want to talk about what we're expecting for college and and we're expecting for care and school and I know it's contentious and there are probably disagreements on private versus public school or how the different different expenses and sometimes if you're the person that wants to spend more money on something unfortunately you're probably going to have you may have to take the lead on certain things you know if your spouse is adamant you know I'm sure there's parents that I'm not paying for any college. And you're like, I'm paying for all of college, wherever they go. So you might have more responsibility at that level. In a perfect world, you guys are co-parenting still. And it's, but I I might be a little polyannish there. And I know that's not every scenario. I will say just throwing out there, uh, divorce is very expensive. And it's, uh, prenup, prenup prenup is a good idea. (laughs) And also, you know, if you are fighting about money, which is maybe not the direct thing of what you're thinking about, you're fighting about, but a lot of the arguments are somehow money-based. 
you're going to have a lot more financial problems if you're separated and a financial planner is a lot cheaper than divorce. So <laughs> I can help get, help get you on the same page financially. And, you know, at least you've tried. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out because some people just are not going to uh, stop maxing that credit card. Right. You're a single gay man going along and you aren't necessarily looking for to have a kid or you aren't necessarily finding that partner. So I just want to save for myself for whatever that means for my retirement. And then perhaps that person comes along and now inspires a whole different life that I maybe never thought of. What would you say to that person? So I think, you know, the, the earlier person before they found that person that maybe caused the diversion or improvement, however you want to look at it there, you want to plan for yourself when you're single, whether parents or not, you need to plan for yourself. You're responsible. There's no one there that's going to save you. There's no one that's going to come in and tell you what to do. So you want to be planning for yourself. And then it's probably just an adjustment to your new life and new look, the new look forward of what you want to do. And you maybe adjust what you were doing or you plan it together. Cause it could be, you know, you might be the person that's better off with someone who maybe is still bringing a lot of joy to your life, but maybe doesn't have as much money and you're catching them up. There might be an age gap, which Jen may change when you retire. I have a lot of couples that there's a 10 or 15 year gap. So while you were planning for your single retirement at your retirement age, well, all of a sudden, if you're dating someone 10 or 15 years older, your retirement age may seem a real long ways away and you may, you may adjust that. And I also think there's a lot of people who thought they were never going to have children. I know there's a whole generation of gay people who never thought they'd be able to get married, let alone get married, mm-hmm. never thought they'd have children, let alone be able to have, be able to, you know, to have a family. And they're doing these things. I think, as you said, it seems like people are, are starting to do it a little bit younger, but there's still plenty of people that are do, thinking of doing it at 50 or doing it at 50 something, or Ooh. there's even like Elton John, I want to say was 60 with the last <laughs> he, job. He, I don't imagine has the level of financial challenges that Jan and I have, but you know, <laughs> you know, it's always challenging. No matter how much money you have, there's, there's yeah, I mean, problems. He was almost in debt, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boo, 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 boo. <laughs> he Did is, he have to sell one of his penis shaped rockets? He, he is still working in his late seventies so, or his mid seventies. He know. loves every minute that he's, <laughs> he's actually having more success. He's got there's amazing success he's having right now, which is amazing. It's the yeah. influence of Britney Spears. I mean, she's totally. just a good influence. Okay. And Dua Lipa. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not okay with this discussion. Okay, uh, we have to finish, wrap it up. So I want to um, educate my kids about money. Be smart with money. How do you advise for me to handle this? Um, I don't think you want to get all of your advice from TikTok. So if we're talking to your children, they're probably getting their financial <laughs> tips from TikTok. I will just joke that some of those influencers that have the most uh, most views are selling you something and they're just not telling you. Yeah. Um, but they're, I really say if you're ch- raising your children and they're underage, lead by example. Try and teach them the value of the dollar is one of the best lessons you can give them, even if your finances are messed. But just knowing that like, this is what bread costs at the grocery store. And I know we're having an inflation now, but like, oh my gosh, it sounds so stupid, but milk's $10 more than it used to be. It's actually a perfect time to bring that up. It's a perfect time to bring it up because sometimes there's, there's so many people that money is abundant for and the kids have no idea. Well, that's cheap. That's only $500 for these sneakers. I, yeah. I don't know when I, I'd spent $500 on sneakers yeah. and I make a good amount of money. So <laughs> well, my you kids know, don't need them. I'm a fan of having an allowance, even if it's, very generous allowance, but mm-hmm. so they're paying for, sometimes they're paying for that ice cream or when we go out to, even if it's a super, something super cheap, I'm not saying give your five-year-old coffee, but like something <laughs> like that, you know, they're getting their, their hot cocoa at, at Starbucks or something right. like that. It's a few dollars, but then they're kind of seeing that like, oh, I can only go this many times or my, I want to, I want to buy that next video game. I want to buy, hopefully not $500 sneakers, but let's raise your kids. Like, yeah. They can have very nice shoes that aren't that good, but they're maybe saving up for certain things every so often, or there's a budget for the birthday present that they know you're buying, like we have a, whatever the number is, whether you're 
hundred dollars or a thousand dollars. Right. Here's, yeah, you're asking for a pony. Well, there's no pony for <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> well, and I want to tap into that and give a little example that we've just started up in our household. Um, Torby started asking for allowance, and we oh, negotiated. Did he came up with the idea? I. He, he had been asking for it for probably because he saw yeah. it on TikTok. Yeah, I was um, wondering where where do they learn about this? Yeah, so we where do they learn everything. And and here's the thing: he was actually negotiating the rate. So he's like, "So, Dad, how much do you pay one of the guys that works at the house? Do you how much do you pay him to pick up the dog shit?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, it's I see where you're good. going with no, this. that's actually really smart. <laughs> the so actually, he wants to pick up the dog shit. Yeah, I do like I'll pay him the same amount. And that's I'm like, great. Actually, Amazing. he doesn't get paid to pick it up. He just happens to do it when he's there. So I got out of that one but anyway we negotiated that i would give five dollars a week for these five tasks and ron had a similar five tasks that he would do the same five dollars with but i didn't want torment to just to have this money just to go spending because i was raised to save 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 so it was important for me to stress the investment side of it so what we made a deal on is ron can give him the five bucks and he can use that for his spending cash on on presents and ice cream and this and that um Mine, I told him if he gives the full five, he can have either 80% of it, $4, or he can invest the entire thing with me and I will put in $10, I'll match it. So then I invest $10 a week into his stocks. I love mm -hmm. that because you're incentivizing the savings and the well, yeah. investing is really the, the piece here, but they're, they're, he's seeing it as, as saving the money and it's, it's just really building that habit and yeah. people know about investing, even if it's just very little, you're probably not, you know, explaining the ins and outs of the stock market that much. But just seeing like, oh, I've owned stocks. I put in this amount. Now it's here. And like the, especially with you matching. And it's such a smart thing to do for your. Yeah, because I told them. So, you know, in a course of time, your $100 is automatically 200 And now that 200 could be 2000 200000 as the as it grows. So I love it. That's and then penis-shaped rockets for everybody. <laughs> uh, David, we have to go. But before we go, uh, final tip. Biggest tip that you have uh, in about uh, financial planning. Just the tip. Wherever you are. Just the tip. Buy a penis-shaped rocket. Yes. Uh, wherever you are, just make sure you're improving your finances. Make sure you're not ignoring them, especially if you're raising family. I know you're busy. You're, we joke about the diapers here, but you know, you're know you raising children. You're busy. It's not what you want to do. If you're in a couple, you're probably already, already stressed about money. You don't want to have to fight about it. But the, the more you put it off, the more stressful it'll be. And the earlier you get started with any of these things, saving for retirement, saving for college, um, the easier it will be to reach those goals and the more money you have. And especially if you start your kid with even $5 a week as a, as an early, early youngin, that can be a huge amount of money, millions of dollars probably by the time they retire if they keep growing it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Daddy Square, the Gay Dads podcast. We're back from the interview with David. I'm Jan. I'm Alex. And I'm Daniel. Our lifestyle is expensive, you guys. And what I really love about the way that he talked to us about how to save is just look at what we're spending and how much we're spending. Yeah. Because I know that as gay men, you know, we like clothes. I mean, I'm very I don't general. Like, I don't like very general. I think all. that, yeah, I think that Alex and I are not, a, are you that way? Are you, do you spend well, yeah, a lot of money? You guys wear sweatpants all the time. Yeah, I, I, we wear sweatpants and <laughs> right. uh, it's like the most, the cheapest one, not even a brand. Um, I'm not, I mean, I like clothes, but I try to be smart about what I buy. You know, I'm not, I'm not a name brand whore, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I am utterly amazed at how much money you can spend on the baseline of having right. children. Not, not that we operate on the baseline. We don't. I mean, look, our kids, our kids go to a private school. That by itself is 
I don't know. Yeah, but that was a decision that we no, took no, no. I'm, I'm because just, we're not because we 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 don't spend on other stuff, right? So we we took it from somewhere else. There are some people who are right. like travel a lot or do other things that you know. No, no. Well, this much. is what I was saying. I was saying you just look at even the basics when you take away sending your kids to private school, and it's it's a huge amount of money. It's a, it's an insane amount of money. And then, as you said, send your kid to private school, maybe. Travel with your kids. That's a nightmare. Kids who I see at our kids' school who are dressed they just up nicely. Go home. <laughs> well, that's true. But who are like dressed up nicely. They're wearing like brands and you're like, yeah. what? How do these people even make it? You know, it's it's amazing. It's amazingly yeah. expensive. I mean, and I see a kid with a Nike shoes and I'm like, okay, I know it costs like twice or third. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Third times. So you guys don't buy Nike? We we don't. We buy whatever they sell at Target. uh, And uh, because, you know, 15 minutes later, they're crap. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just just the way it is for us. By the way, not a judgment. If you can afford that stuff, God bless. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, we're trying to... Listen, this whole happy episode came about because people came to us and they're like, uh, they want to have kids, but they see how much money it costs. And... um, and I know you're talking about adoption, Dan, but but still, you know, for surrogacy, it's insane. It's um, insane. And and if you want to do that, you really have to think about everything. Like, what do you, how much do you earn, and what do you spend on, and how can you save? Yeah, that's on top of all the grants and loans that everything that you can get. You know, based on David's sort of ideas, I, I sat down and did something that I've thought about doing many times before, but uh, I never got around to you it. Do a pie chart. Well, I, I could turn it into a pie chart. I, I'm very good with Excel. I could make a pie chart, scatter chart. I could do bars. I could do whatever you want. But um, I made a list of every single monthly or annual, like regular expenditure, right? Um, and that, and God, when you sit down and you really think about it, you realize you discover all of these things that get knocked off your credit card every month or auto-debited from your bank account every month without you even thinking about it. I mean, the streaming services alone. Streaming services, medical. Well, medical, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Uh, and it just goes and goes and goes. Toys, birthday parties. But what's valuable about making the list is that it does allow you to step back and say, okay, you know what? I really, this whole category, I'm spending way more money on that I should. Let's cancel two of the streaming services because do I really need them, right? Um, and and I think that there is a lot of savings to be had. It's just such a mundane and obnoxious task to sit there and like look through each of the things that you're spending your money on. I would do it. but And I think that's good for anybody to do, especially in today's world with all of these crazy subscription models, but to yeah. go through the expenses. Yeah. And yeah. So Daniel, <laughs> I love it that uh, David uh, reinforced us about your idea about the college plan. Yeah. For your kids. Uh, but but I, also, I, th- I also think that this whole idea that he said that people are much more interested and are thrilled to even give more than they would give uh, right. because it's a, a donation against the future or against this fund. Yep. Um, and I was thinking maybe people can do, people who want to have kids can do their own birthday investment account about having kids and use the same model. Oh, for yeah. their own birthday. Sort I mean, of, sort of even like on the Facebook where you donate for the uh, a friend's birthday, but this yeah. would be to you for your fun for the child. Yeah. Well, that's actually really nice. And it's funny. I can imagine doing that for... See, but I will say, here's the problem. I, I'm i trying to imagine what would happen if I received a birthday invitation, either for 
you, Daniel, from you, or from you for your kid's birthday. And it said, you know, in lieu of gifts, uh, give some money to such and such. And I don't know. I mean, I, it, so, it, would, it would feel good to me. It would feel like the right thing to do. But I also worry that there are parents. Wait, let me just say that we just had our kid's birthday party. And I, I have to admit, I was marginally disgusted by the pre- by how many presents yeah. we got. And I wished that our kids didn't have presents. But as gay listeners, you have all watched Mommy Dearest. And in the movie, she makes the kid give away all but one present. And, you know, <laughs> while I love the idea of being Joan Crawford, it goes too far. And yet at the same time, I did look at it and I said, God, next year I want to say no gifts, please. And yet... I'm afraid that the other parents will be like, fuck you, no gifts. That means no gifts for me and my kids. So I don't know what we're but, supposed to do about that. But see, we've had that conversation and I started that for us early on and, and through Tori, especially while Torby was really young and wasn't aware if he was getting a lot or a little of presents. Mm-hmm. So I've conditioned my surrounding of friends like, hey, we just don't want presents or give us a really cool Use toy that your kid doesn't play really? with. Really? You do that? We do that. Oh, that is so awesome. And then of, of Do you beat do. your son with a wire hanger? <laughs> I'm just asking. Um, well, and I'm not going to talk about <laughs> And another thing, Daniel, that's really interesting to me, and I don't know if you want to talk about this, but um, I feel that we didn't get enough from him about uh, divorced people. Mm. And, and the financial management yeah. of a child when you're divorced. Um, do you have some sort of advice or, or guideline? Because, you know, for people who might not get along or like something basic. How does it work? Can- I mean, I'm actually curious to know how it works. And this one is uh, a tricky one to answer because every relationship is different and the volatility or the friendliness is so vastly different. Um, I would just in general urge an open conversation about it and kind of try to see if you guys can make some goals together right. um, for the child, for both school, for for sports, for all those different uh, pieces that are going to take the money. Um, and then just do your best to kind of uh, apply that. Is it basically that there's a flow of money from one parent to the other and the other is responsible for the overall sort of financial management of the kid or do you actually split up financial responsibilities like I'll take the school or the the clothes and you take the uh you know the after school activity cost like how is it done yeah i think that would be a good way i mean similar to writing down your list of all the things that could be coming up and divvying it that way or kind of creating a little petty account for those funds the way we do it is kind of, well we use splitwise and we'll just throw f- expenses on there and then kind of the money lands and we make payments to or fro as as that is necessary I see um i know that in some relationships what happens is that one parent is much less engaged in the raising of the child and right. is basically responsible for sending cash right they send the money and then the other parent uses the all of the money that they make and the money that comes from the other parent to do what would otherwise be right. raising and, the kid and in our divorce we kind of just agreed to share the expenses. There's, there's no alimonies or child supports. We agreed that, you know, we both make similar enough money that we'll just uh, be even as we go through it. But of course, if there was a court order to dictate any of those financial responsibilities, there would be that. Right. right. Got it. Sorry, it's a really general answer. Cause well, it's, no, it's so I mean. It's varied, but it's an important one. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's a whole right. podcast. And I'll have a, other episode. <laughs> okay. 
Up next, we're going to have the Men Having Babies MHB Corner that we do every episode. Men Having Babies is a wonderful organization that helps prospective parents, gay men, uh, who are trying to figure out what's involved with having kids, but also to find assistance in funding for uh, IVF and surrogacy uh, to do just that. We have them on every week, and staying in the theme of money, we're going to have Lisa Schuster, the director of programming and a former surrogate herself, on to talk just about that. This is Men Having Babies Corner. Budgeting can be one of the hardest things for people to wrap their heads around when it comes to a surrogacy journey, and that's because there's so many costs involved in it. And if you kind of break those costs into different buckets or different areas, it helps you to understand the costs associated with a surrogacy journey. So in looking at those areas, you have your IVF costs. So that's the cost of working with your IVF clinic, your egg donor, and all of those ancillary costs that go along with creating embryos. You also have the um, surrogacy bucket of costs, and that is going to be your surrogacy agency fees, um, administrative costs for screening and record um, evaluation, and any of those little parts that go into that administrative part of a surrogacy journey. And then you have really what we would call your surrogate's compensation and all of those costs associated with that. And so that's her compensation, her base compensation, any of those other standard fees that come along with it, as well as any reimbursements that she might need for travel, lost wages, childcare, and that whole bucket of costs there. You also have your non-IVF medical. Once you're finished with the IVF clinic, you still have a whole pregnancy that requires medical care. And those costs will um, go into a separate kind of accounting there where you'll have to consider insurance costs, co-pays, deductibles, and all of that in that bucket of costs. And then you also have legal. There's a lot of legal involved throughout the process from contracts with your egg donor and your surrogate to the parentage process and potentially more depending on your situation and what sort of legal proceedings you need to have to establish parentage or citizenship for your child. For more information, go to menhavingbabies.org. Thank you, Lisa, and thank you, Men Having Babies. Uh, if you want to know more information, menhavingbabies.org. And they also have an upcoming conference in New York City on November 11th. So you can you might want to check it out. This well. is really oh, amazing, wait, so 11, right? 11, this 11, is 22. It's an equation year. Oh, my gosh. 11 plus 11 plus is equal 22. Yes. Have you been smoking the ganj? <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to say one thing about that. When we went into the process of surrogacy, we knew nothing, as we've talked about on this podcast many times. And research, there's tremendous information that can be found on the internet and on menhavingbabies.org, et cetera. But you know what? Like, invest a little bit of your time to go to one of these conferences. They're incredibly cheap. I don't know how much they are. And spend a day or two learning everything and walk out of there feeling like you really know the road that you're going down it it's, it's and if you want to go down because some people go oh, there right. and say okay surrogacy is not for me now uh I'll adoption try. yeah adoption yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely all right. Uh, I want to move to another subject. So what? you guys remember the last time we were together, we talked about Roblox? Yes. yes. <laughs> so um, there was an interesting discussion on one of the gay dads groups on Facebook. And they talked about uh, YouTube and how our kids watch other kids play YouTube, right? Oh. Play, I'm sorry. Play Roblox. Ha play Roblox on yeah. YouTube. 
Um, and someone wrote there, he compared it to us watching sports games or a cooking show mm. or makeover shows on television where like, we're not doing anything. We're just watching other people do the stuff. Yeah. And yeah. suddenly I think it changed the whole, the whole concept of how I see that because I kind of, I, Alex, you know, I never allowed them at the beginning to watch these shows. No, are, are, like, are we now allowing it? Well, I mean... I said to them, well, if you well, want, you can play. It's but, funny. Wait, wait. It's yeah, funny. So me. the boys were playing yesterday on the computer, right? While I was yeah. working in, after school. Um, they couldn't figure out how to do something. Torby was like, hold on, I'll be right back. So he goes into the house, watches uh, some YouTube to learn how to do this thing they were trying to do. He comes okay. back and he's like, okay, guys, so this is what we do. <laughs> All right, but that's, yeah. but that's research. And, and I'm, down, I'm down with that. Look, I think that whoever posted that on Facebook has a very, very good point it's a valid point it is a valid point yeah. and and i'll say two things number one yes but young people are dumb i don't know i felt like i needed to say that <laughs> well alex and, listen and wait i would say <laughs> that watching cooking shows are it's dumb well but no yeah, but wait really but dumb. this is so but this is where i was going to go with the, the, my real point as opposed to my point? joke point <laughs> my real point i mean really add porn into this um <laughs> oh my god i never thought of porn and suddenly he has God, a second point. That is absolutely <laughs> fascinating what you said. Porn is just yeah, you're just watching somebody else do it. Right. It's true. <laughs> anyway, but all right, let's put that let's put that aside. What what I will what I will say though is this. I think that from the little bit that I've watched over my kids' shoulders when they have watched other kids playing and some research that I have actually done in my work around this. You know, it's not actually about the playing of the games. It's about the personalities of the people playing the games. And I think the same is true of the cooking shows. Right. When you watch these shows, yeah, you want to see the cooking and the cakes that come out and, you know, whatever else. But it's the personalities of the people that are involved that is what's engaging for you and what pulls you in. So I guess to that extent... It's fair. It's fun. And it's, then we add some flour. Right. You know what I like? <laughs> you know what I love? I love when they talk about this. She says, I like the sponge. <laughs> this is the I, British. I like the part where I she's like, I like the sponge. You stick it in for 20 minutes. Oh, Julia oh. Child. <laughs> then you put it in the oven. I don't know. If you add some more butter, it tastes so much better. Well, he's watching so much on the microphone right now. Um, okay, so uh, so what's the what's the verdict on this? Are I we allowing now? No, I still hate it, and the answer is no. Verboten. Dan, uh, we uh, I allow it. Yeah, me too. Yes, Alex. except except you and I are going to have to have okay, a talk because I'm not into it. This this is rises to the level of couples therapy. I think it's a disagreement. Okay, let's go to the first episode. <laughs> see how we can solve a conflict. <laughs> All right, um, guys, thank you so much for being with us today. You can connect with us. Please write to us at hello at daddysqr.com or on Instagram at daddysqr. If you're enjoying the podcast, we're not asking for anything except. Ray stars, stars, baby. We Hearts. want as many stars as we can get. I also or reviews. Just, I, I like, reviews. I like to read right. the reviews. Look, I, I, uh, I've said this many times before. Please do write to us. And, and the reason why is because every time we hear from you, not only do we get good ideas about how the podcast should move forward, etc. But, you know, if this isn't doing what we want it to do, which is to help people and create a community, we need to know that too, because this is what we're here for. This is the only purpose for us doing this podcast. And I will say goodbye with uh, Leslie Jordan. 
you want to talk about this? Yeah, I want to talk about it. So Leslie Jordan died in a car accident this week. Um, If you don't know who Leslie Jordan was, um, what kind of gay are you? No, Leslie Jordan is was a very short southern belle of a gay man who was a a kind of central though not star character on will and grace and a whole bunch of other shows he talks with that magnificent southern accent and lilt uh and pitch voice and he's (laughs) extremely funny and it I, i looked up to see if he was ever asked to come onto saturday night live to play senator lindsey graham because he is Senator Senator Lindsey Graham, and he was not. It's a shame because they're perfect for each other. Leslie Jordan was a special a figure in our neighborhood. I would yes. see him at Starbucks all the all time. All the time, and he would see us with the kids, and he was like, he was he a was sweet always lovely. man and Very really sweet. lovely. And it's a, a loss for the gay community and, and for our neighborhood like, and our neighborhood and for people who like to laugh. So uh, thank you, Leslie Jordan. Thank and you, Leslie. We'll miss you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Bye. We'll see you next time in Daddy Squared, the Gay Dads Podcast. Bye.